elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 337. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay, the Jedi Ross, a Ross Jedi Jay, and as always, it's so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the L5J studios. This week on the show, the Duckalicious One returns, that's right, our good friend Mr. Dirk Manning. What's Dirk got going on now? Well, he's put together a little thing with Miss Kaylin Smith, who comes along to join him on the show. That little thing is called Hope. Hope has already come out as a one-shot from Source Point Press. And soon, it's going to series. Kaylin and Dirk currently have a Kickstarter going to bring Hope to series. And also, Hope is going to be the first offering ever from Source Point Press for free comic book day. Uh, Y'all know Dirk. Dirk's a good man. If you don't know Dirk, you're going to get to know him a little. And this is also the very first time that I am very honored to welcome Miss Kaylin Smith. Super fun, super talented. Uh, so awesome to have her on the show. Uh, Dirk, Kaylin, Hope, Source Point Press. Speaking of Source Point Press, coming up this weekend, Toronto Comic Con, March 15th, 16th, and 17th. I will be there representing Source Point North with Mr. Christopher Clark and Mr. Greg Wright. And Mr. Levi McIntyre, he's going to be there hanging out. You know, we got to bring the muscle along. So there you go, Source Point Press will be representing. We are going to have the Volume 1 trade for Ogre. That's right, come on by, pick it up. Sean Daly will be at the show. He can sign it for you. But for now, please go to Kickstarter. Check out Hope, H-O-P-E. And please enjoy my conversation with Mr. Dirk Manning and Miss Kaylin Smith. Well, it's great to have you guys. Awesome to talk to you. Yeah. yeah so I was geez. hoping we'd hit that, you know, that goal by the time we uh, were talking. But well, yeah. where are we at? Where are we? Are you telling me we're not funded yet? Not it's only been a couple yet. months. And plus, it's like it's Ash Wednesday, so a lot of people are probably watching Evil Dead Two right now. <laughs> Listen, Dirk. Oh, it's it's only the first day. Uh, what's your record, Dirk? What was the record one? The big, uh, the big, what was it, 66,000 in like an hour? No, no, it was, <laughs> it was, it was 13, it was for the Nightmare Omnibus. It was 13,000 in three hours and 13 minutes on Friday the 13th. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah, but that was an <laughs> omnibus too. This is like a book, a, a, a trade paperback, but we are, we are rocking and rolling. We're like, we're about 6,000 right now. So that's fantastic. Congratulations, yeah. guys. It's only been. Yeah. It's six been hours? a little about six hours, so we're mm-hmm. doing a, a thousand an hour. So if we keep that whole campaign, we'll be we'll be just fine. There is <laughs> so much to talk about in this situation, because uh, you know, Dirk, you've been on the show like eight thousand times at this point, and we've discussed pretty much everything you've ever done up to this point. But we haven't talked a lot of hope, even at the shows. Uh, right. Kay, I've you know we've we've got to hung out a little bit at some of the mm-hmm. shows, uh, not too extensively. So it's awesome to finally get to sit down and have a proper conversation with you. Indeed. Uh, but this has been for a while now. So why don't we start at the very very beginning? How did this entire hope situation come to be? Either of you. 
take give me the origin story. Kaylin, is it me? Okay. Do you want your rock scissors well, paper? <laughs> yeah, it was. As I recall, it was a dark and stormy night. Very no. Dark and uh, <laughs> Yeah, Dirk approached me at one of the shows and he said, you know, I have this idea that I've been sitting on for a while. And if you're interested, let me know. Um, and he sent me over the first draft, like, was it a week after that? And uh, we were talking on the phone and, uh, yeah, it just kind of clicked into place. We were just kind of tossing around ideas and I suggested just suggested a few things that he really liked. And, yeah. Did I you guess... already know each other at that point? Oh, or yeah. Dirk, yeah. Did you just each know her? Okay. Yeah. And it was just, it was odd, you know, it was like, it was a superhero genre and neither one of us had ever played in that playground. So it was new and exciting and a different take for sure on the superhero. Where genre. are you out of, Kay? Uh, Michigan. I'm out you of. You are out of Michigan. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. So it was just years of seeing each other at shows and getting to know each Unfortunately, other. Unfortunately, kind of yeah, it was just, it was <laughs> yeah. bad thing. Well, we'll see, and we were, and that, now, see, and, and what Kaylin is giving you is the very professional version of the story. Please, jerk it up, please. Jerk, jerk it, it up! up. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, at any time, Kaylin. In Dirk's tell... version, it's like, oh, what, Dirk? <gasps> Don't, no, no, it's just the opposite, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Uh, you can tell me at any time if what I'm saying is untrue. So you can be like the truth, the, the truthiness factor. Fact checker. All right, so see, like, so Kaylin and I were both with Devil's Due Publishing at the time, and uh, okay. we'd seen each other. So that's how we kind of, I think, first officially got put in each other's orbit. You know, um, I was aware of her work anyway. Not that I guess you would know that, Kaylin, but I, I was. Um, you know, all the webcomic people, you know, like to keep track of who's kicking butt on that. Mm -hmm. So we knew each other passingly for a while, not. I mean, we talked a little bit, but I, I wouldn't say we talked a lot up front because, you know, usually at cons, I'm all like, Eah! you know, and 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 Kaylin's usually kind of hanging back and just watching me go Eah! all the time. Am I being accurate so far? <laughs> pretty accurate, yeah. It sounds mm -hmm. pretty legit if I know you at all. <laughs> right, right. You know, because I'm like dirking it up, always in con mode, you know. So uh, – we were at Grand Rapids Comic Con two years ago, and you had a very special guest with you, Kaylin, but I'm not going to put out who, but you had a special guest with you. My mother, yeah. Okay. I wasn't well, – so I guess it's very fitting for this book, as a matter of fact, come to think about it. And, uh, yeah, your mom was with you, and I thought, okay, uh, I think maybe we were in Cincinnati shortly before that, maybe. Did I – did I bring? Did I tease this at all to you, or no? I just brought up at Grand Rapids for the first time, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. You just came up and yeah, pitched. Yeah, it. Well, not pitched yeah. the entire idea, but yeah. Yeah, because I remember your mom was there, and I know your 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 mom thought I was a halfway decent human being, and I thought, okay, this is my end. She's a poor judge of character. She really. Is. If you won the mama over, you must. Be <laughs> well, that right. that was it, right? You know, like the mom. He's such a nice boy, you know, and. um I, I, you know, Kaylin and I had talked at this at that point, and we'd done, you know, like after hour events with Devils Do and stuff like that, and you know. But I, I remember going up to her, and here's the thing, you know, Kaylin is obviously an incredibly talented artist. Accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Jack. Everything's and, true, yeah, so far. And 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 also, you know, um, 
you know, very, very successful to what she does, this huge following and stuff like that. And as such, I mean, I'm not dumb. I've been in this game a long time. I've worked with a lot of artists. And I know that when you have an artist of Kaylin's caliber, they're always getting thrown ideas like, will you draw my book? Will you draw my book? And I knew that I had to be very careful in how I approached this because I did not want Kaylin to think this was a thing where I want you to draw my book. But rather it was like, hey, I want to approach you about this whole different thing where I have this idea for this story. But I want us to be able to perhaps, if this would be a good fit for you, do it together. I also knew that I was taking to her what was on the surface a superhero book. And I'm not, as Kayla mentioned, she's not a superhero person. I'm sure as hell not a superhero person. So I had all this stuff going against me. And I'm like, okay, I'm only going to get one chance to really stick this landing. And luckily her mom thought I was a nice young boy. So I, 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 you know, I, I went up to her and her mom was at the table. I said, by the way, I said, I, I know this is going to sound, but I, I have an idea I would like to, to pitch you. And I said, this is going to sound a little bit odd, but it's a book about a, a strong female character. I think I mean just said a female character. I didn't say strong female character, but it's a female character. Who, but it's also a book about a superhero. And, and I remember Kaylin's eyes was like, it's kind of like the face on the banner, like, you know, like the smell, like, what the hell? What? <laughs> I said, I know what it sounds like. Maybe the Scooby, though. Whoa. And I said, I just would like the opportunity to show you the script of the first issue to give you a shape of what this is about. And I said, and if it looks interesting, then, you know, maybe we can we can talk from there. And Kaylin's mom was like, he's such a nice young boy. You should do it. <laughs> Shut up, mom. You don't yeah. know mom. <laughs> Stop pressuring me, Mom. (laughs) I think your mom actually did say something very complimentary at that moment. I was like, yes. I'm like, okay. So then I just kind of flitted away. I said, I appreciate it. I said, said, just, just, you know, check it out. You know, let me know what you think. And then then so about a week later, I sent her the the script uh, I had written. And and she said she – when we got on the phone and talked about it a little bit, because I don't do well with, like, all the the texting and the email. I'm like, I – it's like – I'd rather talk for 10 minutes than text back and forth for like an hour and try to communicate. Yeah. Really. Valid. Yes. I've never talked for 10 minutes. Just F1. I, that was the, okay, the yeah. one thing that has been in, in this so far. Just, I just keep going. Okay. <laughs> in theory, what's a 10 minute conversation? Oh. Maybe just my side of it's 10 minutes. But the thing is with conversations, they have to go both ways. So that adds to it. Mm-hmm. But no. Yeah, so we, yeah, we did Dirk's talk. the easiest podcast I ever have to do. I just hit record <laughs> and then say thanks in like an hour. <laughs> no, but, but no, so we, we talked about and, and then I'm not gonna say what it was, but when we started talking about the idea more and more, um Caitlin said, Yeah, and wouldn't it be cool if blah and I was like <laughs> the, the 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 heavens parted, you know, and like the, the light shone down like ah! Yeah, yeah. so like nice, you know, and and that was it, and it became evident that that she was the one uh, to to really co-create this book with. So I brought the script to the first issue, um, and then from there we kind of started teasing out, you know, the rest of the story based on some of her ideas and stuff like that, and put a contract together, and here we are. Nice, Dirk. You have a knack for surrounding yourself with extraordinary talent. I mean, Kay, like I said, I don't know you that well, but anytime we have hung out, you seem super fun and oh, super know. nice. And you know, your talent <laughs> your talent speaks for itself. I don't. I didn't need to know you to know of your talent 
and that it was good. But Dirk, you you do you know everyone you've worked with from like you know Seth to whoever, uh, <laughs> you know it's 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 not you look for that connection and it, it, you do you have a knack for it. So you know I'm not surprised by you guys hitting it off so well and you know the brainstorming starting to immediately occur as you start to make this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, with me, it's it's a matter of recognizing what people like and what they're good at and then deciding if and when is the right thing to work with them on. I think it's more than that, though. I think whether you're doing it subconsciously or not, you are looking for beyond talent. You're looking for nice people. No, that's like like you're looking for (laughs) honest people, truthful people, people who care about this genuinely and aren't in it for nefarious reasons you know what i mean oh i'm in for the money i'm just i'm just (laughs) hit refresh you know here's the great illusion everything's everyone thinks that this is like the dark like chalk vanilla swirl situation oh no i'm like dark chocolate but caitlin smith is equally dark chocolate you know i mean believe me she is yeah everyone thinks i mean the green blue man she's got she's got the darkness no uh but you're right um a very, 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 very important thing to me is I, I made this and I officially made this like my resolution a couple of years ago is my, my, my New Year's resolution a few years ago was I'm going to work with I'm only going to work with people I like and that I'm having fun and that it's profitable for both of us and not necessarily profit in money, but it's something that is, is productive, right. and positive for everyone involved. And if it doesn't check those boxes, I'm just not doing it. You know, I mean, that that's it. You know, and, and Kaylin is an absolute pleasure to collaborate with, you know, um, and well, it's super cool that you guys have come together because like you were saying, I mean, you're, you're, you're not superhero people. No, uh, source point press is not a home for superheroes most of the time. And this book seems from what, you know, I know Dirk pretty well uh, and the other side of it, getting to know as far as Kay's side, this seems like a very, balanced book between the two of you you know what i mean like i don't it seems like it needed someone like you caitlin to bring that side out of dirk and help him to be able to express uh something that even though may not be what exactly what people are expecting which is the awesomeness of it he needed someone to help him put that layer on top that would kind of bring everybody in to that genre does that make sense yeah he needs to connect to his inner woman is what he yeah Yeah. (laughs) But just the just like, you know, I've, I, you know, reading the one shot and uh, having a special little peek at some things happening. It's it's not Dirk stuff. I mean, I mean, it is Dirk stuff, obviously well, that- he wrote it, but it is the last thing you'd expect, uh, you know, coming out of you, at least at this point in your career. It was like, you know, this this was obviously something that, you know, you really wanted to do personally and was something that was a bit different and a bit challenging for you. Yeah. Uh, well, and let's full disclosure. Everyone's going about to get really jealous of you. I we gave you the second issue. <laughs> did you get to read it all or not? Did you Did you get? The... I did. I did. Okay, so let's we can <laughs> yeah. we can we can be transparent on that. No one else is going to. Yeah, get that's it. why I'm trying to be very careful because I don't want to spoil anything because right. you know right. even from the one shot, you know you don't want to spoil anything about this story because well, hope is one want. of those. It's one of those books you want to go into blind. Yeah, and you know you don't want to know anything about, and it's just going to make it that much richer of an experience. And I gotta say. This is difficult. I'm going to be careful about saying this. 
But the very last line in the issue you sent me. Issue the very one or last, issue two? Uh, I think issue one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, right. Did it have a TV screen? Uh, hold on a sec. Issue one. Issue one's the one that ends in a hallway with a conversation. Issue two is a little bit different. Yeah, no, this is the conversation. That's what okay. I'm saying. The yeah, very yeah. last. It's it's not a scary line in the uh, normal sense of the word scary, but it's one yeah. of this. You know the line I'm talking about. The very last line. Is it between the, two women? No, it's between. Oh, the girl and the guy. Yeah, the girl and the guy. Oh, that's the end of issue two. That's the end of issue two. Okay, yeah, yeah. What the guy says, even though that's not typically scary, and the way you set it up and the way you use that to finish the book, it's one of the scariest lines you've ever written. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you you know what I'm getting? You know, I, it's hard to explain this to you kids out there, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being like, but I really don't want to spoil this. But in a in a non-horrific way, it, it is one of the scariest lines. The way you presented it, because it's a line people have heard before. It's yes. not like, you know, brilliant original prose that you've never heard before. But just <laughs> the way you set it up and the way you guys laid it out in those last few panels that's one of the scariest lines you've ever written just because of the way you used it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and that's yeah. a line that actually Kaylin and I, that motif, um, we were kind of like, we, we talked a lot about that and uh, that particular character and what's going on there. Um, again, I'm trying to be vague now too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think the whole thing with the book is, and it's something that's interesting that you said earlier about the fact that people normally don't um, put me on being a, a superhero guy, but, and that like, this is like this new uncharted territory for me, which it is in that sense. But I'm trying to think, I think I originally wrote the first version of hope in 2000, Gosh, twelve maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, this is oh, the script that I gave Kaylin had been around for a while. I knew you'd been thinking about it. I had no idea you'd been yeah, yeah but that, it that's what, that, that long. That's what's funny. But the <laughs> thing is, it is very, very much a. Um, I'm going to look up the exact date right now on my computer. But it, it, what I've been kind of telling people is, yeah, Hope is not a superhero or not a horror book in the traditional sense of the word, but I tell people it's probably the scariest book I've ever written. And like the end of issue one with what happens at the end of that issue, then yeah, the end of issue two, I mean, and Kaylin, you can, I don't know how you feel about this, but I mean, I think we really stuck the landing at the end of issue one. So with issue two, we talked a lot about how it needs to be, we just need to, we need to hit harder every issue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the end of it. It's it's hard to genreify this book. It is because it's one of those. Uh, it, it's in the vein of forgiving me for using this example, but it is. It's just because it's very recent, and you know I loved it, and it was successful. But things like the Umbrella Academy are hard to nail down. Do you call this a thriller? Do you call this a horror? Do you call this a a superhero book? And I personally, you know. I'm of that ilk of you don't need to call it anything. It's right, just a story, right. right? It is unto itself what it is. But you are using that superhero genre as, uh, 
what do you, I don't want to say a background, but yeah, you backdrop. Know. Yeah. I think yeah, that's, yeah. that's what drew me to the pitch the most when Dirk yeah. was telling me about it. Cause I was like, do I really want to, you know, dabble into the superhero genre? Like I'm not, I don't have anything against it. I just never grew up with that. And uh, yeah, he said it's a human story first then a superhero second yeah. in the vein of those things like, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, powerless. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 I, I took a powerful it, person that's powerless, and it's that's scary. Yeah. It yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, and that's exactly it. You know, even what you're referring to, Jay, a little bit about how quickly uh, Hope realizes how little the original. The, the I wrote the original script uh, for the 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 pitch script in the first five pages, uh, in and I think the rest of it. Actually, I think I wrote the whole first script in two. No, I lied. The first five pages in 2007. Wow. Yeah, that's how long this wow. thing's been floating around in my in my head. But even when I pitched it to Travis McIntyre at, at Source Point Press, and he's like, "What's this?" You know, he's doing that <laughs> stroke. He's like, "What's this?" Because this is he gave you he gave you that cock back. I'm sorry you can't see me, kids, but he does this. Yeah. yeah, he did that. It's like yeah. Popeye squint and he spot on. Beer and he said, like, "What's this?" And he goes, "Superhero book." And I said, "No, it's a book about a superhero." Right. Like, oh well, uh, you know, and you know, kind of mumbles. And I said, "I said, well, just go read it, man. Let me know what you think." And he took the book and he wandered away. And about twenty minutes later or so, he comes wandering back. He's and again doing that big old beard stroke on that big ugly jug <laughs> and he's just sitting there just hideous and he's stroking that big ugly red beard he had and he's like so uh you know that cock i love i read the book I'm like yeah what'd you think and he's like it's pretty good I'm like well good, yeah thank you i think we'd like to think we did a good job and then i knew i knew we had him when his next words were who's publishing it well, it's, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad he read it because, you know, who knows if he would have, you know, had the wherewithal to consider it. Is this the very first thing? This isn't the first thing you've ever printed in any way with Source Point, is it? No, we have Twisted. We do with Twisted Haunted Highons. Okay, yeah, Twisted, but even Twisted being recent enough, I feel like there's something older. You never had a touch in anything before Twisted? Uh, no. Like even a, not at all? Like, not even in a anthology? or <sighs> Well, we're Does all friends. Does it just feel like you should have, I guess? Well, <laughs> all right. We'll pull back the curtain for a minute. <laughs> the thing is, you know, when when I've known Travis since before SourcePoint was SourcePoint, um, and Travis right now is probably sweating bullets out there listening to this, thinking, how much is he going to say? Relax, Travis. He's drunk in Ireland. I'm, he doesn't I'm, give a damn what's going on right yeah, he now. He will when he gets back. <laughs> no, but I will say that, you know, even when they're the Michigan Independence Comics Collective or whatever, you know, um, at the time when Travis was really getting started in kind of the, the, the publishing game as a collective, um, I was with Image Comics at the time, and I liked what Travis was doing a lot, but full disclosure, you know, I mean, I was at Image Comics and, I was, and things were going well there and I just wasn't in a position to have stuff to take to what was that, sure. a, a collective. You know, nothing, that, that's no shame against proto-SourcePoint whatsoever, but it wasn't there. Uh, but as my, and as my tenure with uh, Image Comics ended, uh, Devil's Due came into the picture 
And Devil's Due had the infrastructure to do what I wanted to do, which is what we're seeing a lot more of now, which is do a kind of Kickstarter incentivized publishing structure. When you right. do a standard release of a book through comic book shops, things like that, which is what we're doing now with Hope, but you know, also have an incentivized version for your hardcore collectors. And my big vision from the beginning was why can't we serve both? You know, uh, comic stores aren't going to order a deluxe leather bound hardcover Nightmare World Omnibus, but the hardcore collectors will that like yeah. that work will. So the why can't we... lights will. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, so why not do both, you know, and, and Kaylin yeah. had a lot of success with this model too, with, with plume, you know, doing, you know, you know, tricked out versions to your hardcore plumers. And then you also release more of a standard version later. You know, you even did the gold book at one point, which was pretty crazy. You know, yeah. Kickstarter. Um, take, sorry, take a, just a quick uh, pin in that. Tell me a little bit about Plume, because I'll be honest, Caitlin, I am not super familiar with your past work. So what was Plume? Yeah, Plume was uh, actually was the intro into the comic world for me. Um, I went to school for animation, so I was trying to keep myself drawing every day. So I started this webcomic called Plume, and uh, uh, the audience grew there, and I went on Kickstarter to get it printed. Uh, somebody suggested to, to me through the comments, and uh, then that's how Devil's Do found me and brought it to print. So it was kind of like this door opening into this world for me i thought i was going to be an animator so what is plume what's plume about it is a western with a little bit of a magical element to it uh so strong female lead she's on this quest for revenge for the wild west and she's um she has this guardian guardian angel of soul that that follows her that protects her through her journey and oh uh, right on yeah yeah so it's like a fantasy western Right on. So, Sorry to interrupt the, the, no. the stream there. I was just curious about Plume for a minute. Oh, it's so, good. Yeah. Plume, uh, is, Plume is great. Revenge is like yeah. a plume of smoke. So you're kind of doing your devil's due thing for years, and, you know, mystery is going well and all the stuff you're doing. Right. And, yeah, I guess it does make sense because when yeah, I think about it. But, you know what a lot of people also think about Source Point, though, is it, it, it's kind of this point where – all the hard work and all the adventures and all the accomplishments that have been made make it seem much older than it actually is. Uh-huh. I mean, Source Point has only existed for five, six years, right. really, in the form that we know it, right? Right. And we'll see, and that's the thing, yeah. too. So even when I jumped to Devil's Due, I jumped to Devil's Due as opposed to going to Travis because, again, Devil's Due had the infrastructure to support what I wanted to do right now. You know, right. I left Image fairly quickly in the scheme of things you know you know it was like you know it was just time to jump so i jumped uh but the whole time i was continuing to talk to travis and talk to you know travis magda and work with him and help him out with some stuff here and there again that's not to take away any credit from all the work that travis has done but travis and i have been working together kind of well, you've been doing it a lot longer, man. I mean, you got a lot more experience than he had at the time. Yeah. Right? Like Sor- Source yeah. Point was pretty much Source Point came about pretty much as an excuse for Up the River and you know <laughs> Rampage and a few other things they well, wanted well, to do, right? Well, so, and, and I would argue that Source Point originally started under the model that I talked about in Right or Wrong back in the day. You know, which even you know Travis will be the first to tell you begrudgingly that back when right or wrong was a column in newsarama he was a fan of the column and he and he yeah. read that you know and but he started with that that collective studio the model. michigan comic collective yeah yeah you know right the michigan comic collective yeah. right bring people together and support each other in making books which is what's so cool because then as my my 
contracts with Devil's Due wrapped up and things like that, uh, at that point, that collective, that comic collective mentality and let's all help each other do awesome stuff mentality got source point to where it is when you have people like Josh and Casey and Travis and all these, these people doing this good stuff. So when Twisted came to me about doing the comic through Gary Reed, who ran Caliber, who was one of Travis's other mentors. Oh, I didn't know they came to you through Gary. Uh, well, Ga- Twisted went to Gary. Gary then came to me. Oh. This is what happened. And then I went to Travis because Gary right. was originally going to publish the Twisted book through Caliber. Obviously, you know, Gary right, passed. Right. Um but even before that, I was talking to Gary and I said, you know what? This could be a book that could help Source Point out a lot. I said, this this is a book that – and again, not that I'm riding in on a white horse or anything like that, but it was a right fit. It was a Michigan publisher with a Michigan band and a yeah. cult following. And I said – and finally, I would get to, get to work with Travis directly, which is what I wanted to do as well. Right. You know, right. uh, not to disparage Devil's Due, but my I knew my time with them was coming to an end, and this was that entryway to give Twisted a publisher that would work with them, but also give SourcePoint a name, a, a book that would give them a certain amount of recognition and built-in following, right. and finally kind of i guess finally not be secret boy it all happened very organically though i mean yeah just like i say everybody you know you've always been part of the family and that's the beautiful thing about source point and you hear anybody involved with source point say these cheesy things a lot about what a family it is mm-hmm. uh but but that's the deal you know if right. it's got it's got that 90s sub pop vibe and that, that's how we we do you know what i mean like that's what source point is and building it on that genuine hard work and enthusiasm is what's going to keep it what it is i believe well, you yeah know? but I, mean, I think that's the name of the game right you know travis and i worked together for years i've built my readership organically over years i mean kaylin smith's um you know fan base is monstrous i mean i always get a lot of hype about like you know setting a record to devil's do with an emerald omnibus and kaylin to her credit um destroyed the record for the for the neighbor that the neighbor omnibus set and hardly ever gets the credit for it because i'm loud but i mean you beat me, you beat me by like 20 grand really damn yeah the blue yeah. was like routed nightmare world you know and nightmare world was like the big brouhaha and things like that you must have brought in like 80 grand then or something for that what did that hit? oh it was 62 and a half but 62 and a half yeah Good dirks God. was 40 that's right 46 wasn't it for either four, way four, either way she it was over. go ass dirk. she did, she did. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean she beat me by like almost 20 percent. but again by having this organic fan base and stuff and and i see kaylin's like yeah. I, I was i, I don't know if i ever told you to your face kaylin but i always say like you're like the quiet thunder man i mean she just comes <laughs> she just comes through and like like a, like a storm over the desert and just you know rolls right through everything and and uh you know. Well, you seem pretty calm too. You seem pretty. I mean, Dirk's going away here, and you just seem to be sipping on your whiskey as we go. You, all you know, and this happy, gets me through. So. <laughs> Anytime we're talking, right? It's like I hear. I see Dirk's pop name off. pop up on my my uh, my phone. I just pour myself. <laughs> <laughs> like there's oh, no. This is gonna be a ten minute conversation. All right, let's get this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Forty <laughs> minutes late. Like, oh, How familiar? Right. <laughs> 
Kaylin, how familiar with you uh, were you with SourcePoint over the past while then? Honestly, I, I, I wasn't too familiar with them. I mean, obviously, I've, I've crossed paths with you guys quite a bit through um, the convention circuit, and everyone's been awesome. And, um, yeah, getting to know the guys more through Dirk, um, yeah, when he suggested SourcePoint as the publisher, I was like, yeah, for sure. That's a no-brainer. So That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. It's Everything's been, like we were saying, such a organic fit that it's awesome. And New York this year was a trip. Uh <laughs> You know, I don't know if you made it over to the SourcePoint booth at all, either of you, during New York Comic Con this year. It was but literally to get like a cart. <laughs> there must have been oh, that's like right. that's right, the cart. The yeah. cart saga. There yeah. must have been twenty five people behind that table at certain points. Yeah. And you know, it's it's when a lot of the you know, people will come in and I got to meet some amazing new talent and additives to the team, like uh, Lindsay Hutchinson. You know, uh, our gal from Scotland, and I'm totally blanking out on what she was working on. But just, it, it, it it's amazing, this this entity that has formed out of this, from, like, what I knew to be, like, five people at one point to, you know, the, the what's the convention team got, like, over 100 people on that group oh, now or ridiculous. something? Yeah. Just ridiculous. And it was know? originally so, all, like, five or six Michigan people, right? And I'll never forget, yeah. oh, gosh, I was at a con, and when it was the the, the Michigan Collective, and... It was like five tables long. It's right. It's when he was blow, starting to blow up a little bit. And I remember talking to him. And again, there's one of those things when I was talking to Travis and we got some ice cream for breakfast. And I said, what you have going on here is a lot of cool stuff. And I said, but there's no flow to this. I said, you got because it was like literally like like a bunch of creators like threw up all over the table. And, and, and it was like one of those things. It was like it was like, like, look at all this great stuff you have. And I said, now. We need to you need to start buffing it. You need to like start segmenting yeah. it out and like here's Jess Werner, here's Travis McIntyre, here's the you know and yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 now it's crazy because now when yeah when you go to the source point booth like even at C two E two this coming year, um the booth they have is going to be huge and it's still going to be full but it, it's just neat now to see like you know like you said going from like the sub pop garage band days you know to like now being yeah. well well oiled machine and people are plugging in to do the shows and stuff like that and uh, oh some of the setups are amazing like even at Philly remember when they set up at Philly and it oh yeah the circle about? Mm-hmm. and uh you know and you know what's cool thing i mean uh me and a few other people were working pretty hard right now on uh some uh new strategies and just trying to keep things fresh for source point social media and when you actually look at the social media aspect of SourcePoint, it, it, it's there and it's grown a lot, but it's not necessarily where you think it would be at if you, if you knew the publisher and their physical presence it shows, right? And it kind of makes it to me even more impressive that they've been able to do what SourcePoint has done without social media being like the super specifically targeted thing that it usually is like there right. there's there's never been like a social media wrangler for source point press it's always been whoever can or will <laughs> yeah, <laughs> has yeah the yeah. time or the chance you know and and uh you know dear sweet josh werner who's got so much on his plate tries to do it himself and on got and wonderful creators themselves like bob sally has stepped in mm-hmm. you know and i'm trying to do what i can to help out and uh it's just crazy that we've gotten to this point now where oh we better start taking that part a little more seriously too right well see and you make an interesting point and and like 
I always talk about how like MySpace helped make my career. Truly, yeah. MySpace put me over more than MySpace and message boards back in the day. But I'm old. So, Kaylin, with you, like, how did you get such a big following? Did you do social media stuff? Was it just literally through the comic? I mean, where did where did all the plumers come from? You know, the web comic, you know, whole audience there. Like, I went through Smack Jeeves, which I don't think is around anymore, or if it is, it's it's like tiny. But but how did people get word of the web comic? Was it pure word of mouth? I guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, when I started posting on Snap Jeeves, I just watched the little ticker go up as far as audience. And I was just like, where the heck are they all coming from? So, uh -huh. and I just posted Weird my own website happens, and they eh? followed me over. Because, and... yeah, what year, what year was that? Uh, 2012, I think, is the first page I ever posted on there. Okay, yeah. So that, that was still at that time when that was, you could do stuff like that. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, with me, it was like that with like MySpace and all that and, and message boards. And I never did, even though Nightmare World was one of the original, like the OGs of the webcomic movement, I never went to like Drunk Duck. I never went to Smack Jeeves or anything like that. But I know for some people who had really quality content, like with Plume, it was just a monster. But yeah, so you didn't, I mean, did you use social media at all too, or was it all just through the webcomic? Yeah, it was through social media as well, but there wasn't that much attraction, you know, much traction through there until later on in the game. Like, you know, Facebook was a really slow ticking number. It was just, okay. it was just the webcomic site that I saw the big boom. And then when I went over to Kickstarter too, you know, that was relatively new on the scene. And so everyone was, checking it out and that's where the audience grew there too they found me on kickstarter and then well, i guess plume must be a badass comic that i'm missing out on it is i'll get you a copy <laughs> yeah right on. i got here's a weird example of something that happened to me uh i've got a lot of twitter account or sorry instagram accounts for you know various different podcasts and things and uh caitlin i don't know if you know but i'm an arborist by day Okay. So by day I'm an I'm a tree climbing ant slayer. And that's that's what I do. So uh, yesterday I was doing I was I had to remove a tree called a black cherry tree, right? Okay. And I hate these trees. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, I I don't know why, but I hate this tree. For 18 years I've hated this tree. It's never done anything to make me hate it. I one just don't like the... one specific tree or just that that species the of species tree. that species of tree i've just never liked the cut of its jib there's just something you know like a lot of a lot Look of at arborists, me, buddy. yeah really i think they're out to get me like there's something i don't know certain trees certain arborists they just there'll be one tree that you just don't trust or don't like for some reason and i can't even fully like explain like discovered why so, like underculture or something it's called aboriculture. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I'm about to uh, I, I got to take this tree down. So I take a picture and I'm not even in the tree yet. Like arborism and aboriculture is huge on Instagram because it's pictures. It's constantly tree people taking awesome pictures of them swinging around trees, cutting trees down, chainsaws, you know, all that fun shit. And I just took a simple picture of me on the ground, and I got my rope already in the tree, and it's attached to me with all my stuff. And it's a picture from below looking up at me, and then the tree's up behind me. And I'm just standing on the ground, but I'm making this ugly, mean face 
where I'm just like, Grr. and the comment is basically that black cherry, my arch nemesis, you know, anybody right. else got a tree out there? They hate, you know, and I've only got 130 followers on that tree account because it's just for my fun day arborist stuff. Right. I don't really work too hard on it. So the most likes I've ever got on a picture have been maybe, you know, 20, 30 likes and they've been cool pictures. I mean, like, Dirk, you've seen some of my pictures. Yeah, like you hanging like, up, like, in the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I'm like up there doing some. I'm up there doing some cool shit. So this one picture, which is just a simple picture of me with a stupid face and a tree behind me, got 81 likes today. <laughs> and I, I, I posted this yesterday, and they keep coming. Like, from yesterday afternoon until today. I checked it, like, noon today. It had 81 likes. And I was, I can't figure out why. I used less hashtags than I usually do. And I, the only thing that I can come to is people are laughing at my stupid look on my face. Because <laughs> there's nothing cool about this picture at all. Maybe for all some those reason, people hate that tree. <laughs> so the reason maybe I'm bringing the tree, this... Maybe the tree is really your friend. I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, there's something about it. I don't know. But, but the reason I bring this up is just you never know, right? Like you never know what's going to hit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I've dissected this Instagram post. I've been like, okay, is it the tree? Is it what I wrote? Is it my pretty face? Is it my stupid face? <laughs> is there a butt shot in there? Like, is there something? Not you know? even a butt shot, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, but totally. Like trying to figure out what the hell drew 80 people into this picture. Mm -hmm. And really, I can't figure it out. So it's just, I, I'm just giving that as an example of as, as hard as we work on social media and as much as a lot of us, you know, think we can figure out the analytics of somehow it works. It, a lot of it is still a crapshoot, right? Mm -hmm. No, you're oh, yes. you're absolutely right. You know, like Dirk, you're known as like the master of the Kickstarter. You're a social media whore. Like you know, and I say that with all love. I say, that say <laughs> I love whores. Don't get me wrong. I'm a I'm yeah, a big yeah, fan I mean, of whores. Whores are good. Which I, I love this, but you're a filthy whore. <laughs> You know, and and you know, and, and you probably I mean, you can give advice and say this works then or basic stuff works this. But I'm sure you still have a lot of moments when you don't know how the hell something happened. Right. All right. That, my whole life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just continuously fall upward and I'm able to somehow uh, find like minded kindred spirits who are really talented, who agree to work with me despite the. uh I had a buddy years ago who I think summed it up best. He said, you know, I suffer because I like you. <laughs> and I think it was the most – the second most accurate thing anyone has ever said about me ever. Was the first one because he called you a whore? What was yeah. the first one? <laughs> the first one was something my mom said to me. So Remind me to say that to Jay Fosgett sometime. I suffer because I'm... <laughs> oh, yeah, that, well, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 see, there you go. I'm continuing to pay it forward. I'm kidding, Jay. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, but people who work with you have the very, you know, it, it's a lucky additive of the fact that they can heavily rely on you to do all the smack talking and all the promo and all the right. pushing, which is often the writer's role. But, you know, artists are lucky when they do have a writer who's able to put themselves out like you do, yeah? 
I would like to think, you know, I mean, right. I, I, I embrace the role because not because I want to, but because I have to, uh, you know, uh, I don't it, think it, that's a hundred percent true now, is it? No, I tell me, tell me you don't love reaching out to the people, you know, you do. I, if I do, I'm very fortunate to do it, but I'm also a very much a writer in the sense that, I mean, you, you, you've seen it, Jay, like we've hung out like when I'm not working and what happens? I just like, and I just shrink down. I'm like, it's like uh, sometimes, it, right. But, it's rare because yeah. I'm usually when we're together, I'm usually working, you know, but, um, I, 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 I don't mind doing it. You know, uh, I, I just take my love of pro wrestling and it, it's like any good pro wrestler will tell you a good pro wrestler's characters themselves turned up to 11, you know, right. and that's, I just turn myself up to 13 and I go, you know, uh, do I love ice cream? Absolutely. When I'm not on the road, do I eat as much ice cream as it seems like I do on the road? No, I'd be dead. <laughs> you know, but I, 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 I have no problem being you know the heel champion that people like to root for or whatever you know i mean people know people know that i how much i try to help her be out and stuff like that but i think it's part of the reason it's fun to play kind of the the evil hype man sometimes but then again but you have mellowed out though i'll be honest you seem to be more relaxed this year you seem to be going into this year more uh pace aware perhaps Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you did a, a lot of big runs last year and mm-hmm. I've got the vibe that you seemed, I don't know if this is Kaylin's infectious spirit, but you seem to be having a lot more fun. you seem to be having a lot more fun than you have. You don't think I always have fun? No, I think you always have fun, but there seems to be a certain sparkle during this hope thing. And I don't know if it's an added thing. Oh, God I, 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 damn it, I, Jay. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know if it's the – if here we go for a giant segue plug. I don't know if it's the fact that Hope is, in fact, going to be the very first ever offering from Source Point Press Comics on free comic book day. Woohoo! Uh, Cheers to that. That's, Cheers that's a pretty epic. <laughs> so was that uh, – was that uh, – a thought from your head or was that Travis coming to you and saying, I think I want to do this. How did that come about? Kaylin. <laughs> oh, it was Kaylin's Wait, idea. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the credit, but no. Um, Travis and I, Travis really felt that he had lightning in a bottle with this book. Um, because it checks so many boxes, you know, it, 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 it looks like a superhero book. It is a book about a superhero, but I mean, it, it, it's an easy access book for anybody to pick up. I loved Keelan's example about it's like the Incredibles in a way. And I kind of say it's like saga. It's one of those books that like people that don't even necessarily like comics can pick this up and immediately get yeah. into it and immediately enjoy it. Um, and we were talking about what kind of push this book I don't like, I hate to use this word, but I can't think of a better one right now. Deserves, you know, but what's, what's going to be the right platform and uh, having Kaylin in it, who set records uh, with her previous publishers and myself who has this huge following and stuff like that. Like what's the right platform for a book release like this? And um, I'm trying to think how much I can talk. Free. Yeah. 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 Give it away. No, um, (laughs) Actually, 
I said we, we were talking again without giving things away or talking out of school. You know, Travis and I have had a lot of business conversations for a long time and, and things like that. And I'm very fortunate that uh, I enjoy the personal and professional friendship I, I do with Travis, that we talk a lot of business stuff. And I said, we said, well, you know, this book, need, and he kept saying, this book needs something special. And what I said to him was I said, well, you know, why don't we do, why don't we go for the cover of previews? Ooh. Right, right, exactly. And he's like, hmm, he goes, God, that'd be expensive. And I said, but I said that cover that Kaylin did is incredible. It's fantastic. I mean, it's such a powerful image, you know, and <clears throat> this yeah. is where, see, if Carrie was me, at this point, she would interject and talk about my initial reaction when she described the cover. But you can see she's very, <laughs> she's very civil. I'll leave the, the horn tooting to you. <laughs> well, no, because originally I, you see, that's what everyone does, Jay. That's why I have to do, I have to toot. Okay, the- well, let me let me take the horn for a minute then. Uh, Kaylin, uh, talk about the art in general. Uh, when, when, when Dirk comes to you with the story and you start thinking about what's going to be appropriate for this, uh, you know, and you not being a superhero esque person necessarily, what starts tur- churning in your mind as far as what the art for this book's going to be? Well, it's it's funny because in Dirk's scripts, like it's usually like, okay, she has an expression between this and then an expression between this. Carrie, do your magic, and so it's kind of like, okay, I could do that. Um, <laughs> You're a very expressionist artist. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, so it's just kind of you know. I always, I am an animator, you know, by, by heart. So like, I always view it as like okay. how to block the scene that would be fun to see animated. So that's kind of how I approach each panel. And, and with it being a superhero thing, like you've got to really punch the animate or the, you know, the action quite a bit. Right. And, and, and so that's been kind of the, the fun part for me is to really push push myself especially with heather antos as our editor too she's really like Mm. pushing that that action in the comic so it's been it's been a good uh um lesson i guess as far as you know that goes that's a great added bonus out of all this oh yeah you get to challenge yourself a little bit hell yeah yeah do something a a little bit different because as much because you hear i mean we just spent like 40 minutes talking about the story and you know how crazy it is and how different it is and how unique it is so we should spend a little time talking about how badass in fact the art is because it's a beautiful book Uh, you know it is it's gorgeous and one of the things that popped out to me was your uh your excellent blocking as you just said actually use the perfect word because you know it's a dirk book there's some dialogue in there right and a lot of these you know it's a lot of panels of conversation and you have blocked them in a way, like you say, animated to where one panel may just have a slightly different angle than another that brings a whole different perspective. While two people are just having a conversation, you're coming at it a few different ways, which is which is pretty cool, you know. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Did you do everything? Did you ink it? Did you color it? The whole damn shebang? Yep, yep. Dirk spends a half hour writing, and then I spend <laughs> 26 hours drawing. How is it that when it's convenient for me to be long-winded and take all this time, I am, but at the same time, right, you know, the guy just yeah, – yeah. basically, I just sneeze on the keyboard, and the words come out. <laughs> you know, it just – just... Do you work digitally? What's what? that? Do you work digitally? I do, yes. 
Yeah, I guess that would be easier for a webcomic as well, eh? Not having to rescan back onto the internet and shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I get my control Z when I mess up, so. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a quick uh, blurb of your art history. Uh, you've been drawing since you were a little kid. Did you go oh, to school yeah. for art? Yeah. What was your deal? I, I would sit in front of the TV with a just paper and pencils and, and markers surrounding me, and I would just pause my different movies and draw that scene. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was drawing nice. – since I can remember, I was writing since I could remember. So, um, yeah, it's so a, there was never any choice. There was never any other direction. You've been pursuing this since birthage. My parents never had the conversation of like, well, you should get a real job. No, it was like, okay, here's the artist. That is it. So yeah, Kayla, oh, you're, awesome. you're lucky. <laughs> oh yeah. So, did you go to school or anything, or have you just worked it through? You no, know, I went to school uh, to pursue animation. Uh, so like, Where, where'd you go? Uh, Grand Valley State. In Grand Rapids, Michigan, right. and uh, right yeah, it's been it. That was a wonderful, you know, uh, school, and I enjoyed, you know, the animation part of it. But I'm so happy that I landed in the comic book world because, you know, hearing the horror stories out of those animation studios, and um, it's just not a situation that I would like to be in. And, and this allows me to draw and create stories that I want to create, and basically be my own boss, essentially. So. Right, and who knows? Things get to a certain point. You may be able to control your own animation of certain projects that you've maybe already come up with, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it's been. Well, I, I think straight to that. You know, I'm I'm from an animation rich and heavy area here. I don't know if you're familiar with Sheridan College. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you really? No, I had some That's friends. Right. I had a couple friends that went. Well, Sheridan College is a college here, not a university, so the people understand. Uh, things work a bit different in Canada. University is like your high-level education, you know, to be whatever. College is more uh, that step down, where it's more trades or hands-on. Not that mm -hmm. it's like trade school. I'm kind. It's kind of. It's really weird. Like I don't even want to call it community college, although it kind of is. Either way. Sheridan is a is an art school is an arts college uh, down the road from me here, and Disney has been handpicking out of this school for a couple decades now. Uh, a lot of the top working people in comics that you'll know from uh, you know from this area, like the Chip Zdarsky's and the Jim Zubs, uh, these are all Sheridan graduates, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and they have a really crazy animation section. So there's a huge crossover here of the people who are working in animation and working in comics. So, you know, like I say, who knows? Maybe Hope gets animated one day and you get to actually kind of work on it yourself, you know? Who yeah, knows? that'd be uh, awesome. Well, even yeah. even the trailer that, that Kaylin made for the Kickstarter page, you know, if you go to the, the – you just go Kickstarter, type in Hope Comic, and then the, the – I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Is oh, it? it's so good. It's <laughs> cool. It gives you some actually hit. Well, some stuff that you've seen from issue two that, that people are seeing for the first time. But, yeah, I mean – Kaylin's art style is so amazing, and it's so funny. What started this whole thread was when we were talking about the cover to issue one. Um, Kaylin's like, "Okay, I got this idea for this thing. It's going to look like this." And I don't know if you remember this or not, Kaylin, but I was like, "Okay," because I yeah, you were very underwhelmed. <laughs> I, I by the description, and I'm and I'm the worst at pitching anything ever. That's why I like to, like to show people the work rather than try to tell them about it. Because and yeah, I was very kind of like. Okay, she knows what she's doing, but she's pitching me like the most static 
image imaginable. You know, it's like because she's like, well, Hope's gonna be standing there, and there's gonna be like siren lights behind her, and she's gonna be standing there. <laughs> and I'm like, I said a little more than that. I don't I no, I don't think so. You said uh, she was gonna be, you know, and I'm like, man, she's such a dynamic artist. But I'm like, that's what I was like, okay, let's see what you do. And you kind of like, you seem a little over underwhelmed. I'm like, no, no, just do it. It's cool, man. Go ahead, go ahead. And then she delivers that cover. That's the cover issue number one. You're the free comic book day cover. And it's just like, right. holy crap. It's so <laughs> good. It's so good. And and Kaylin recently drew a, a, a cover image that I was like, that's covered issue six. Not what it was intended. <laughs> it's like six. We have plotted. We have the whole miniseries plotted, but not the script itself. Written, but I'm like, that's cover number six. Boom. I'm like, that's All it. Right. Discussion. That's what it is. Beautiful. You know, um, nice. but yeah. Now getting ahead and shit too. <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing is the whole, the whole, um, uh, beat sheet is plotted for the whole miniseries. And, and in fact, we have ideas even right. past the first volume, but again, that's where, you know, I mean, uh, Heather Antos has been through it. I've been through it. Kay, you know, Kaylin and I, you know, thumb wrestle on it back and forth. Uh, again, another thing, there was times when I was trying to not go as dark and and Kaylin actually like darker. spit on me over the phone. She's like, Poo! What are you thinking? She goes, Darker! Darker! darker. <laughs> well, that that's like the gag in the video too, but yeah, she she kept saying to make things darker and I'm like, Oh, okay. You know. It it's it's a heavy book, but yeah, the whole the whole first uh volume is, is plotted and, and stuff like that. And then Heather comes in and just wonderfully kicks our asses. Right. I'm right. Just just routes us you know which is I, I mean it's really the first time i've worked with this strong of an editor before usually nightmare world tales of mystery i just give it to the publisher i'm like here's this thing you're going to do i have somebody copy edit it maybe and that's about it <laughs> you know so to have yeah. someone come in and like rework the scripts with us a little bit and and even issue one poor kaylin <laughs> oh <laughs> Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> we, you know, we did the first issue, and then I've known Heather for again. You kind of go back. You said earlier, Jay. You know, I've just been very fortunate to know some very talented people who, for some reason, agree to work with me on things. Um, I've known Heather a very long time, and she was the person I had in mind to be an editor on this book because I knew she'd be a strong editor. Because Kaylin. And correct me if I'm wrong, but has never worked with really an editor for the most part, right? Uh, Pat Shand and uh, um, Shannon. Oh, I'm forgetting. Oh, I'm blanking on her name. I worked with them before all this, so I had an editor there. But uh, yeah. yeah, Plume wasn't edited at all. No, right. And like Nightmare World had no editor. Tales of Mystery to speak of has no editor. So you know, we're kind of free spirits. And we're both very strong-willed people, and I'm like okay, to really get this book to be where it needs to be, we're going to need someone that can contain both of our personalities, you know? And so I went to Heather and then Heather and, and SourcePoint talked and, and, and worked this out. And uh, we gave Heather the first issue. And uh, I think what we did was I said, okay, I, I told Kayla, I said, well, let me get up with Heather first and let's kind of, we'll work out some stuff on this first issue and I'll let you know what she says. And then we'll kind of go from there together. I said, but let me let me see what what's kind of going on there. Do you want to pick up the baton, Caitlin? 
<laughs> yeah, it was, and it's interesting the way the wording was. It's like, oh, we've only got a couple edits, and it's just like, no, just rearrange this whole page, and then instead of making the character <laughs> face this way, let's fa- have him face this way, which is just like a whole redraw. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. It was... You can't just mirror flip it. I'm like, can't you just like, do a mirror image flip? Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, you know, editors can be a tricky thing, you know, because who's to say how much a team should be held back? And that's why a good editor is so important because they've got to know when to let the reins off, when to tighten them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know Heather's got some experience, uh, so that's good to have. But, you know. I, I have seen certain instances where, you know, I've seen things edited to hell at the same time. So, you know, you're lucky you've known Heather for a long time. It's hard to it's got to be hard to trust something that I mean, you two are creating this and then just handing it to a third party who gets to chop it up. You got to trust that person. Right. Well, you, oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's and, it, and she takes to the dojo, you know, and, and Heather's worked on like Deadpool and Star Wars. I mean, these mega franchises, you know. So to have her be willing to lend her expertise to us is good, but and and as much as we kind of joke about how Heather beats our ass, I mean, even like as Kaylin mentioned, like we're like, well, I had to like, okay, well, it's not really major edits, but we just kind of need to, you know, we're gonna tighten this up a little bit, and then I just kind of like gave her the script and like put her in touch with Heather, and then like ran away, and I don't think I like answered the phone or email. <laughs> I, 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 I... Yeah, 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 yeah. Coward. For like for like three days, I don't think I I, I, I said anything because – but the end result was the new version of issue one. Right. Uh, yeah, she, she really brought some of those points that we wanted to, to make. She really just, you know, like slammed them in the face. So, yeah, it, it, was, it was a good thing at the end, but – going through it, it i was not it can a, happy. Be a rough process i mean uh, we have a mutual friend right now uh who is working on a project for you know the mouse uh mm-hmm. so pretty mm-hmm. much the biggest of the biggest yeah and he is going through some editorial hell right now like i can't even tell you like yeah daily redraws like hourly redraws and just the slightest little things that aren't mouse enough or you know and it's not even an edit as far as okay they need to be facing a different direction it's that's not mouse enough or you know that's that's too human looking and you know it's it, it, it can be tough when you know but i think a lot of people are waking up and starting to realize how important it can be because also Editors aren't well known, right? Like, like, how do you even go about finding one for your book? And it's never mind finding one you feel comfortable with. Uh, I mean, there's an there's an editor in Toronto right now. I know you've heard the name Dirk Allison O'Toole. Absolutely, she did Wayward Sisters, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. That's her uh, her monstrous tales by monstrous woman. But she just uh, edited Cirrus for Casey Pierce. Yes. And yeah, she she came out of the Toronto Comics anthology world. And you know, she used to edit on the the Pitiful Human Lizard by Jason Liu, which is one of Toronto's top comic books. And she's in such huge demand right now simply for the fact that she's known. You know, right. she's done a couple projects that she, you know, got acclaimed for, has done well. But it's not just the fact that she's known to be a great editor, but nobody knows who else to go to. You know, so mm-hmm. editing can be a tough, tough thing. Man. 
Yeah, I've worked for years with um, Lee Letterman, edited um, Right or Wrong, did a, lot of the, did a lot of copy edits on mystery stuff, things like that. And um, it's amazing how many people I talk to this. I'm just looking for an editor. I'm just looking for an editor. Someone help me out. But then an editor can be so many things. You know, I mean, uh, I use, um, you know, like, like Leah Letterman did some minor story direction stuff with me and things like that. But she was mainly a copy editor or with right or wrong. Her issue, her, her issue, my issue, our issue together, I guess, was her to help me make sure that the book right or wrong was saying what I wanted to say and maintaining my sometimes unique use of voice when I write and something like that, you know, <laughs> and, and making sure there was dirty, but not distractingly. So, you know, and it was funny because right. she's yeah. very, Leah's a very, is a writer as well. Now she's had several works published. Leah's a very staccato writer. So when she would edit my stuff, it would be way too staccato, way too short and choppy, like pop, 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 pop. And I'm more like, you know, yeah, I'm like right, I'm like a right. Jesse Ventura and Predator when like he's still holding the gun and it's still shooting. There's no bullets left. You know, you ain't got time to bleed. That's it. You know, <laughs> so it's really interesting. But then working with like on Twisted, uh, I've been working with uh, Drina Joe doing more like just strictly copy edits and, you know, making sure that my grammar and stuff is, is good. Oh, I didn't know Drina was working in that capacity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's doing That's she's cool. doing editing work with another one of our source point friends right now as well. I don't know if I'm allowed to put it out there yet, but someone mentioned cool. earlier in this conversation, as a matter of fact. Right on. Uh, and I'm excited to see uh, you're familiar with uh, Brian E. Lau of Staunch Ambition. Absolutely. Dirk, I believe he's got his new book coming out, uh, the Inferno City Madness book, uh -huh. uh, the Firefighter book, and Tracy Kanopka uh -huh. of, of, of the of the Philadelphia Kanopkas. Stan's times better half. Yeah, she's uh, she's stepping up to edit that. Well, so uh, you know that's incredibly exciting and cool for her. Do you think made that connection? Oh, right. You know, so again, Tracy was the right, right. fit for Brian, you know, and mm. and they, so I introduced uh, Brian and Tracy to each other. I'm like, this is a good a good fit. You know, it is. You know, and, I love both those people. Yeah. yeah. And then Heather is a good fit for this because she can keep us contained and she and she'll tell us if she disagrees, but also is like, well, you guys do what you want to do. And I'm like, well, we will, you know, but <laughs> but her ideas are, are good and, and, and she knows what she's doing. And, and as you mentioned, I'm a talking head guy. Uh, I didn't grow up in superhero books, so I don't gravitate towards a style of storytelling that's people punching each other in the face. I, I think I started to say this like an hour ago and I got sidetracked. But the original tagline for Hope was, uh, not all villains can be punched. You know, yeah. and that's right. ultimately one of the big things the book's about. And why I hesitate to say that it's a superhero book. It's not really a superhero book. It's a book about a superhero. And this is not a book where, I mean, although in issue two, I think there's an especially dynamic scene when, um, with hope that involves some punching. I love that. Scene. <laughs> awesome. But okay. it's not, that's not, it's is... not a punchy book, you know? Right. No, not at all. It's quite an emotional fucking book, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm just still. I felt tired when I was done. I felt a little emotionally drained. I was like, "Fuck, I need a smoke after that." Yeah, that that, that means we're winning. That's good. Okay, Dirk. I know you're for ready for this. Uh, this is the point in the show, kids, where we get into the Kickstarter. Huh. 
So I, I have a funny feeling it might be pulled up on a certain somebody's computer screen. Am I right about that? It might just <laughs> be like right in front of me right now and over $6,000 right. already in Ooh, like. Okay. Well, no. today is uh, what time are we at? Today is currently it's March 6th, Wednesday. Yeah, it'll... Uh, it, it launched uh, this afternoon at 2.30, I believe. Yes. And we are. It is currently nine fifty-two Eastern Standard Time. And what are we? What total are we sitting at, Dirk? Six thousand. Wait, let me make sure that's the most accurate. Hold on. Refresh uh, it. Refresh it, man. Six, <laughs> I got six thousand one hundred eighty-nine. Just shy of sixty-two hundred dollars. And you're looking for how much? Seven thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven. Uh, that's a weird number. Uh, compared to your usual numbers. <laughs> yeah, Dirk. <laughs> that was Travis. Uh, I always do the 666s, but Travis said that we should not be as evil because he's still under the uh, delusion that Kalen Smith is not evil. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm gonna punch this up a little bit. I'm going to make this sound kind of cool because I'm going to give these statistics in Canadian. Oh. Are you ready for this? Ready. Currently, Hope is looking for a goal of $10,398 Canadian, sitting at $8,275 Canadian. Right. So I know technically it's just like a change in the dollar, but still, $8,000 Canadian is a lot of fucking money. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty incredible. How many loonies is that? Uh, that's eight thousand two hundred and seventy-five loonies. That'd be <laughs> I just four thousand one hundred and thirty-two loonies and two quarters, right? Or toonies, sorry. If you want to, if you want it in toonie range, because you know we got them two-dollar coins. Right? I, I didn't know there really is a toonie. That's really a thing. Yeah, it's a two-dollar coin. Uh, see, we had the loonies come out, right? right they call right. them loonies because they have a loon on them. Right. 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 And then Toonies came out, and we're not that creative, so we just called them Toonies. And uh, so that's not slang; they're actually called Toonies. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like if you go to the bank, they'll say, "You want how many Toonies you want?" or whatever. Like it doesn't say on the coin Toonie; okay. it says two dollar okay. coin. Like technically, it's a two dollar coin. Right, right. But the pri if you, if the prime minister was talking to you, he'd call it a Toonie. Wow. Right. Uh, yeah. I yeah. That's why I love talking to you, Jay. I always learn these cool new things. Well, you'd know these things if you ever came up to visit. Oh, I had oh. to throw one in uh, there. We we have discussed. The inevitability of this. Uh, yeah, and you know, there's some stuff uh, coming up seriously near the end of the season that we're gonna have to talk about. I'd love to get both of you guys up here. That'd be fucking fantastic fun. Hell yeah. Um, uh, you know, there's a certain other friend of ours who uh, I think will be joining us at Fan Expo this year that I don't want to announce yet because it's not in my uh, you know area to say for sure but i'm super excited because it's another individual i've been bugging for years to get their asses up here um yeah and it's uh, it's pretty cool so uh dirk give us the spiel as far as what can we receive if we are to support and pledge to this kickstarter right on uh well the big thing we're doing with this book and, and this kickstarter has been very interesting and a little bit different than anything else I've done before because one of the things that we're, we're not doing with this one is like what I've done with like Nightmare World, things like that with like coffee mugs and shirts and things like that. We're walking a very interesting line because 
this book is going to be coming out through Diamond. It's going to be coming out through uh, Free Comic Book Day. It's going to be the launch of the first issue, and it's going to go uh, be solicited monthly during May, starting at Free Comic Book Day. As such, we really need to make sure to honor our partners in the comic book store community and not oversaturate the Kickstarter offerings to the point where we're uh, cutting them out. So what we're that's smart, you know, one day I, I have to be smart because I'm not I'm not I don't have a very good personality and I'm ugly. So I, I have to be <laughs> it's like the only thing I have like to stand on It's like the one leg of my stools. I Jesus, Dirk, this no. ain't that kind of show. So um, <laughs> th- thanks for the defense, Caitlin. I appreciate that. Oh, I'm just going to sip my whiskey. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 but it's true. It's like a, a, a one-legged stool. So what we're doing <laughs> is <laughs> is with this campaign, um, we're really just a matter of how tricked out the book can get is going to be a big part of it. You know, we're looking at uh, the first upgrade is that the book will be hardcover. And uh, then from there, you know, you, you can get like a book plates. I'm not mean things like that. We're unlocking options where Keelan Smith can do commissions in the book for you, like little head sketches. Hold on. Hold on. Hardcover, like a, a one issue. No, no. The whole vi- the, this trade? is the Kickstarter for the whole volume one, all six issues. Right. You're okay. Oh, this is all coming. Okay. I thought you might have been kind of breaking things up and doing some separate stuff. This is going to be one whole. This is going to be the whole damn collection. The whole okay. damn collection. Okay. Okay. My mistake. Sorry. No, it's all right. Yeah. That's 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 awesome. That's so people can have the entire story before it will be available over the months in individual single issues. We're de- stay tuned. Okay. You know. Got to work that kink out still. <laughs> Again, this is where we're walking a very fine line. I think internally we know what we want to do, but we also want to honor our partners in the comic shops as well. Because, I mean, here's of the course, thing. Yeah. The book has to be done because after Free Comic Book Day, it's being solicited monthly. So the book will have right. to be done by a certain point. So the question is then going to become, when do we give people the hardcover that has all six issues in it? We don't want to give it when to them all in, mail it in June right. because then yeah. people can spoil the whole book when the second issue is only out in comic yeah. shops. But we have kind of an internal clock of how we're going to kind of time this. But what's going to happen is people can get like the hardcover collection with a wraparound cover and things like that. And this is one of those things where the – the Hope Volume 1, the collection, eventually there'll be a mass market collection, a trade paperback. What you can get here is Kickstarter exclusive. You can get a hardcover version with an exclusive cover, and Kalen can draw on it, and book plates, things like that, and cool hat pins, and, and uh, you know, lenticular uh, prints, and all kinds of cool stuff you can get. But also, again, honoring our comic shop partners and making it that people can still go to the comic shop and get this book monthly as well. Right, right, right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, it's nice. It's actually cool to see a nice, simple, straightforward Kickstarter coming out of you. <laughs> you know, it's something we're not used to. It's something. It's something uh, refreshing. In I'll, a way. I'll, make, I'll make up for it <laughs> on Halloween. Don't all the chachis, don't worry. All the chachis. The next Mister Re that's coming out, we got rocket launchers <laughs> and we got flamethrowers with Mister Re on the side. <laughs> the logo. Um, you might be closer than you might think. With yeah, fine. Well, you know, Volume Four, we did the matchbooks and stuff like that for everything burns. 
uh, I've gone on record saying in October for Halloween, uh, we're going to do Mystery Volume 5 as well as a Mystery Omnibus of the first four volumes. And, um, nice. Yeah, I got some I got some cool things lined up that we'll see. Right on, right on, right on. What else are you working on right now, Caitlin? Hope right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been the, the focus for me. Uh, it'll be a focus for me for a couple months now. Right on. Nice. That's yeah, no, I'm not playing into her whiskey. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need more. Um, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, I've got a couple side projects that I, you know, I can't announce quite yet. And then, uh, yeah, I'd like to work on my own um, story as well. Uh, you know, the next plume. Right. So uh, is plume is plume like uh, how how is it released then? Is it ongoing? Is it still happening? It, it's or done. Is it yeah, it's complete. I've got the omnibus. It's uh, um, okay. So yeah, it'll be a new project completely. Um, but, you, but you are gonna revisit that oh, world. Yeah, it'll never go that can be away. Exciting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there you go, plume fans. <laughs> There'll be there'll be more coming, and obviously, I don't think Dirk will ever be able to fully walk away from mystery. Mystery has a definitive ending. Um, yeah, but didn't you say it's like sixty-four fucking volumes out or something? I, I have you had never, some insanely long master plan for that, didn't I, you? No, uh, I, I don't know why I'm get where I'm getting at. What, I remember you telling me I, I didn't know that's I was exaggerating. Yeah, there, that was a little hyperbole. But, no, uh, there, mystery has a very definitive ending point. What I've said all along is that. Because of the way I tell the story, he could die like in volume four, but I could go another ten volumes by just doing the flashback stories. What happens in between? You know, volume two mystery is mainly a flashback right. story, but mystery has a definitive ending. But um, you know, like Nightmare World did. Nightmare World had a definitive ending, and mystery, although it exists in that same world, has a definitive ending. But the way the story is set up. I could revisit it for like 64 volumes by just filling in the cracks in his life and different things. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, uh, I'm very excited, uh, about doing more mystery, but I'm also very excited about doing more stuff with hope. You know, uh, Kaylin and I have talked about awesome. volume two in broad strokes already, you know? Sure. That's There's, awesome. Well, you gotta be ready. You gotta be ready for what's going to come. Yeah. Are you, you allowed know? Kaylin to talk? Are you, well, you've talked about, I think on Instagram, the name of your next online comic, right? Yeah, uh, it's called For Goodness Sake, and it's kind of like a little traveling comic. Um, I mean, I don't want to, I don't know how much I have revealed, but uh, yeah, basically, I, I have a school bus that I'm renovating in real life, and we want to do trips across the U.S., and wherever we land will we'll show up in the comic. So, it's, Are you making your very own further bus? Is that further what you're bus? doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, the Mary... Yeah, well... No, that's a merry prankster <laughs> thing. Uh, you're aware of the Grateful Dead? Oh yes, yeah. Right. Uh, back in the day, the Grateful Dead, uh, they hung out with these group of people, and they called themselves the Merry Pranksters. And it was a bunch of beatnik hippies. It was friends with like uh, Neil Cassidy and uh, what's his name, uh, Jack Kerouac and stuff. Oh, right. Beatnik. So these were basically these were basically a bunch of acid heads back in the day. <laughs> And they were the first ones to take school buses and start painting them up. <laughs> and they, they, they called them further buses, right? Because you're going mm, further mm -hmm. and see how far you could go. So they would be called the further bus. And there was a main further bus that the Merry Pranksters rode on and went to all the dead shows and went and caused all their shit and stuff. 
So that's where that reference comes hmm. from. But anyways. Yeah. So yeah, acid heads in, in a bus, yeah. but it's not far off. <laughs> hey, trust me, that's a world that uh, I can talk at length about, I tell you. Um, <laughs> uh, are you going to be at C2E2? Yes, I will. Yep. Yes, you will be there. I know Dirk's going to be there. Breaks the hate. Table hate. And aren't you table heaven or some shit like that? Or somebody was? Heaven and hate. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh, But uh, we very recently, on my birthday, got to hang out together, Dirk. It was such a fun weekend at Astronomicon 2. I cannot tell you what a blast I I had had that weekend. I had such fun hanging out, bro. Nice. And I've never gotten to spend, I don't think we've ever spent that much extended period of time together hanging out over a weekend. So that was a uh, fucking blast. I got the for a birthday uh, burrito. Oh, yeah, that's right. Was it Carrizo's, is it called? Chipotle. Or what was that place called? Chipotle. Oh, Chipotle. <laughs> Carrizo's is a place we have here, I think. I think I got confused. I don't know all your weird American restaurants, okay? Your Taco Bell's just got fries this oh, year, I so that. I don't even know what's going on. Fucking retarded. I walked into a Taco Bell in Ohio back in 2012. I asked for a Fry Supreme, and she looked at me like I was fucking nuts. She's like, you know you're at Taco Bell, right? And I was like, yeah, and Taco Bell has Fry Supremes. Give me one, What's a Fry Supreme? It's Nacho Supreme, but fries instead of nachos. So so basically, it's like a Taco Bell poutine. Kinda, yeah. Because it's a taco. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's just the cheese, the meat, the sour cream, and the chives. Oh yeah. Put on top of the fries. Yeah, it's so. I know where that bus Uh, is going. Yeah. 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 Hey, Canada, we we put we put everything on French fries here. It's a bit ridiculous, but a huge announcement was made at C two E two. Uh, in regards to Haunted High Ons, uh, Twisted will be joining yes. us for the afternoon, I believe, from 12 o'clock to 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Yes, they'll be there. And also Mariana Pescosta and Alessandro DeForcini, the uh, art team, Mariana will Pesos- be there. Pescosto, yes, uh, yeah. Sorry. Right. <laughs> See, you you do, you do a much nicer version of them than I do. Whenever I talk like Marianne or Alessandro, they talk just like this, like a mom. Oh, my God. Uh, hey, it's a me. It's a mom. Yeah, you know, just because. No, it's, it's just the way that, uh, it's the way I, 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 Alessandro de, de Fornasari. Like uh, yeah. See, you're, you're very, you say you say it much more accurately like he says it, very suave. I make it, I make well, everyone sound like guy. a cartoon character. You should, you should hear my Kaelin Smith impression sometime. It's. It, it, it sounds cool and laid back. <laughs> it sounds like the sound of ice clinking the sides of a crystal glass. Yeah, no. <laughs> it more sounds, it sounds I'm like an a accent guy. running you over a broken, broken glass. Oh, I thought... <laughs> you know what an accent nope. guy I am, though. I'm obsessed with accents for some reason. That's why I love coming to fucking Michigan all the time. Because every time I get to hang out with Casey, I get to hear her talking like this. It's like from she's from Down River, and everything's ah. Wait. Or when you're talking to Derek Becker, everything's oh, ah. Yeah. It's not no, Chicago. That's... We're not going to Chicago. We're going to Chicago. Chicago? You know? yeah, I have an it, accent. It's, um, it's almost like a Minnesota thing. You know? Just Can you say, yeah. yeah, do I have an accent? I don't hear one okay. out of you. No. Good. Uh, not a lot of Michiganders do. It's more the ones that are from the other side and like from Down River, I guess. This magical down river place I've been hearing <laughs> I don't about. Because whenever down I ask what Detroit. the ne- 
well, whenever I ask what the what fucking Casey's deal is, what, whatever it is, whether she's being funny or whether she's being crazy or whatever, I'm like, what the hell is Casey Pierce's deal? And everyone will just say, oh, she's from Downriver. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, whatever that means. Yeah, I'll that means they're, they're Downriver from Detroit, which as far as I'm concerned means they get the runoff. Oh. oh, too soon. I thought that would be <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but uh, yeah, so yeah, with Twisted, um, Twisted will be there Saturday noon to four. Uh, Mariana and Alessandro will be there all weekend. I believe they're at H6. Row H at C2E2 is killer because you've got John Marroquin, uh, Mariana and Alessandro, me, Kalen Smith, Seth the Moose, Anthony D. Lee. Uh, Jeff Stevens, I mean, just Row H is like just a monster. I mean, it... dude, I cannot wait to go back because I missed last year. Uh, and then was it the year before? I think I was there. It was two or three years ago was that year that I was there. And I love it because Canada has a huge presence at that show, too. Like Raid always comes out and takes over an entire fucking right. Aisle. They have little Canada. So, yeah. Yeah, the yeah the, the Raid Studio comes out. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Raid Studio, Kalen. It's uh, uh, wh- what's his name? Um, I'm blanking out on names horribly <laughs> tonight, aren't I? Who heads up Raid? It's uh, it's his name, Ray. Uh, Ramon Perez, fucking Ramon Perez. Mm. So, anyways, Raid is a studio here in Toronto. It's called the Royal Academy of Illustration and Design. Now, that name is a takeoff on the fact that everything in Canada is the Royal Academy of something or other. <laughs> okay. Right? Like, All right. Ev- everything here is the Royal Canadian this or that, right? So that's why they named it that, the Royal Academy of Imperial Design. It was originally founded by Chip Zdarsky and a few other folks and is now headed up by Ramon Perez. And it's this fantastic, fantastic studio here in Toronto. And they usually travel around to, to different shows as groups. So I, when I went to uh, C2E2 when I got to go, there was an entire row was all Canadian raid people. So it was like Ramon Perez, Scott Hepburn, Gibson Quarter, like all these incredible fucking artists all there from home right in a row. And I'm really hoping to get to see that again because C2E2 had the greatest artist alley I've ever seen. Uh, as, as far as layout, as far as size, as far as spacing, as far as comfort and maneuverability like those aisles were so wide you could play a fucking football match in the middle of them like it was absolutely well, insane you know, like how saturday well... and they're full but right they're still a flow mm-hmm. yeah so. like even capullo and schneider when they were there signing and had like 200 people in line they were able to direct that in a way that it didn't affect any other artist in the alley no other artist had to deal with like being blocked by a line or any of that kind of shit. I don't know who runs the artist Mike alley Negan. at C2E2. The, Is it Mike? Yeah, he, run, he actually puts the floor yes, plan together. He does all the artist alley for all the retop oh, shows. He's Mike the patron a, saint of comic creators. He does a fantastic yes, job. I, I'm, I'm, and I'm going to send a sweet, a quick shout out. Thank you. In case Mike or you or anybody else from C2E2 is listening. Read pop is, uh, hugely podcast friendly outfit mm-hmm. and uh they treat us incredibly well they treat us with the respect that every other press uh deserves and gets and i cannot thank read pop enough for that for allowing me to cover new york comic-con c2e2 like 
these are the biggest, baddest shows of the year. And, uh, you know, I'm incredibly lucky that I get to go there and, you know, interview amazing creator types like y'all. So thank you, Reed Pop. Uh, appreciate that. Touchwood. Don't know what your fucking problem is, but whatever. Um, uh, sorry. They just, I don't know. It's just a hometown thing. I don't even care anymore. Like, fuck. Like, whatever. Because I will be at Toronto Comic Con coming up next week. I will not be there as an elegant weapon because they don't let us, but that's okay. Because I will be there representing Source Point Press. Uh, Greg Wright, Christopher Pasang, Clark, and uh, I, well, I guess we could mention him because he's special. Um, but if anybody out there is a fan of Levi McIntyre, he will indeed also be joining us at Toronto Comic Con. So the better McIntyre. Kids all need to the better, the better McIntyre, the cleaner McIntyre, the more personable the prettier McIntyre, McIntyre. <laughs> the more eloquent McIntyre. Uh, and then directly one week after that is C2E2, where an elegant weapon will be there representing as press, hanging out with Mr. Dirk Manning, Miss Kaylin Smith, as we have a giant hope party. Get on Kickstarter now. Check out Hope. It's as simple as that. H-O-P-E. Pull it up. Uh, check out the amazing stuff there to check out. Uh, pledge and support, yeah. oh, uh, oh, guys. Pop. Anything else you want to? Anything else you want to toss out oh, into I... the podverse? It's all good. Sounds good. Uh, Kaylin, <laughs> thank you so Kaylin much. I was to talk because I was just trying to sit back and you know let her dish on stuff. Wow. I don't know what you got. You got anything to dish for? I, uh, let me say this: it's a it's a few months past, but uh, congratulations. On your recent engagement, why? Thank I you. Yes. Why? Thank you so much. Uh, that's very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, you've been seeing that guy long. Uh, is he good? Is he yeah, nice? Right. Do we got a fucking he's worry. Okay. What's the deal? <laughs> he's a scumbag, <laughs> but I settled. <laughs> no, yeah, we we're very happy, and uh, actually, uh, we're going to Ireland to get married. So, oh, that's super cool. Um, I was at a wedding once. Uh, Dirk officiated that wedding. Yes. And that was interesting. And you fucking called me out. You know what he said? And he says, he starts, he's, you know, you start the beginning of a wedding and you say, uh, what did you say? Uh, I don't know what I said. I don't remember anything that I ever say. You started off, you said, uh, greetings, ladies and gentlemen, uh, family, (laughs) friends, and Jay Clark. Yeah, so that's how you started the wedding. Every the ceremony begins. Dirk's up there. Every every all the music. The bride comes in. Everybody's ready to go. Everybody sits down. Ceremony starts. Dirk says, uh, "Everybody, thank you, friends, family, and Jake." No, 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 no. We we've I, all gathered I, here said, together to. Whatever. I said, uh, you know, ladies, gentlemen, Jay Clark, gathered here today and just kept going, and I just see you fucking. Go- Try not to laugh. Oh, <laughs> everybody was laughing. That was a brilliant little you're attitude, a, you're man. Wearing, uh, made... You were wearing a dress. That's why. So it was like, you know. Oh, you watch your fucking <laughs> tongue there, boy. You know, I'm saying this is a guy who karaoke. I was kilted. I was kilted at that wedding. I, I heard so. that you had to have a script. Like, it was a firm script because if you had <laughs> run in the mill, you'd be like two hours in. It had to be approved. That, like... That's not untrue. No, the big the big joke was that my my editor uh, Leah Letterman uh, edited my my uh, ceremony. 
was the, the, the running gag. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I sent her a version that I wrote a whole different one, you know, as is my way. That was so much fun. Wedcon 17. Wedcon, yeah. We dubbed that, that was, wedding. That was uh, the most an amazing experience that we're kids. We're talking about the wedding of Derek Becker, the hosts of comic pros and cons, mm-hmm. our very good friend and brother, Derek, Derek had a wedding filled with comic creators. Yes. So what he did was instead of place settings, every table was covered in Brown paper and the centerpiece was a cup of Sharpies. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they came out of that night with like sheets and sheets and sheets of just like top talent creator uh, doodles and stuff and it, it's amazing some of the crap that came out of there that was probably the most fun wedding i've ever been to every table had a lightsaber selfie stick on it yes. of course i took like five home you mean like this um, one right here like that one right there yeah 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 Oh, that was super fun and super cool. As this conversation has been, Kaylin, thank you so much for finally joining us on An Elegant Weapon. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have to do this again, and uh, we'll probably do it live uh, and in person at uh, C2E2, where I will see both of you cats in like two weeks. Whoop, yeah? Whoop. yeah, part of the – oh, that's what we should probably mention, the Hope Springs Eternal Tour that we're going on. Oh, yeah, as we close out, Kaylin uh, and I are doing a, a marathon, four appearances together, back-to-back. So this coming weekend, we're in Toledo, Ohio, Fantasticon. Then we're, uh, we'll both be flying out to Seattle for Emerald City Comic Con, which, Jay, Emerald you would City, love that show. Right? You would love that show. I know. I know. It's hard. It's up against Toronto Comic Con, but someday I'll make I, it work. But just right? you know. Yeah. Then week three, we're doing C2E2. 10th anniversary. We got the karaoke party Friday night. Kayla and I are doing a panel with Travis and some other people on Sunday. Then week I four, we're. Say I'm doing a karaoke song. I'm like, nope. <laughs> you, you, you can rock out. Mm-mm. More whiskey. More Negative. Whiskey. More whiskey. Inaccurate. No. Inaccurate. <laughs> Untruth. But then we're doing um, Kansas City Comic Con, then. Uh, Planet, uh, Planet Comic Con in Kansas City for our, our fourth and final appearance. So we're literally touring during this whole Kickstarter. That's awesome. Got to, got to keep rolling. Got to keep moving. Yes. Thank Uh, you. Keep moving right now. Move to the internet, pull up the Googles, enter Kickstarter, go to the kickstarter.com, enter hope, H O P E support and experience this incredible thing that Miss Kaylin Smith and Mr. Dirk Manning have brought to you. Dirk, Kaylin, thank you so much. Kaylin. Yeah, thank thank you. you, Jay Clark. We will see you in a couple weeks. That is all we are going to have this week on an elegant weapon. Kids take it easy.